Today's scripture reading is from the book of Genesis, the first chapter and the first to the fifth verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. This is the word of the Lord. We are continuing our systematic study of the first three chapters of Genesis. As I was sharing with Pastor Nate just a second ago, it's uh, to say that this, this portion of text, as uh, the theologians would say, pericope, um, is, is very, let's say, Challenging isn't quite the word I'm looking for. It's, you know, all of God's word is challenging. Uh, but it is, it is, as you unpack it, there are so many layers to the text that you can go down uh, any number of, of, of paths. I won't even call them rabbit trails because there are no rabbit trails, but any number of paths that will create some, will provide some great illumination. Uh, but uh, you, we have to discipline ourselves. As I, as I shared last week, and I say again now, um, let's not lose focus and find ourselves bumping into trees uh, and miss the whole point of the forest. You know, that, that there are a lot of trees in the Bible, and there are a lot of trees, metaphorically speaking, in Genesis, uh, that if we're not careful, we'll, we'll focus on the bark on one particular tree and miss the opportunity of really know the what we're trying to do is capture the whole force. That's really what we're attempting to do. So as we we just one verse last week we dealt with just one verse, and it was it was at least it was incredible to me. Uh, maybe not so much for others, but uh, it it served as an introduction of not just the book of Genesis, but the entirety of the Bible, the entirety of our faith. Uh, I mean, really, it's the, the, if, if this is a part of the foundation, this is the, you know, you've seen buildings where they have cornerstones, you know, dedication, little markers. You know, this was erected in, in uh, you know, 1960 or whatever. And, you know, these are the people that, that made this, this happen. This would be the cornerstone of our faith, as I said, not just the beginning of the book of Genesis, but the beginning of the canon, the whole 66 books, the beginning of our, and beginning and foundation of our faith. So uh, I also want to not only make sure that we don't bump into trees, but also let's make sure we value what's written in such a way that honors even the writers of the text. We consider ourselves highly intelligent and enlightened. You know, I know, yeah, boy, isn't that bragging? You guys don't think you're stupid. Not that nobody in here thinks you're stupid. It's like, you know, you're highly intelligent and enlightened. Uh, now, 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 roll this back thousands of years, and then think of text. You try and uh, uh, develop or conjure up text that would speak to uh, the essential uh, creative nature of God. Seven Hebrew words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I know that's ten in the NIV, uh, but seven words, you know, and that, you know, again, the Bible's filled with, uh, there's, the numbers uh, tend to uh, uh, mean something, 
you know, seven, that, that, that number of perfection. So I'm, I'm sure that the writer had that in mind, but how wonderfully and how beautifully it captures the entire essence of what uh, he or she was trying to uh, convey. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. As uh, I share again, as one theologian writes, this, this simple, uh, straightforward verse, uh, quoting now, simple and majestic, dignified yet unaffected, profound and yet perfectly clear. Genesis makes a superb introduction, not only to the book of Genesis itself, but to the whole of Scripture. We shared several important takeaways, uh, four or five takeaways, uh, you count, uh, with this just one verse. First, God, Elohim, a word that's plural, that's used in singularity. Uh, in contrast to the polytheism, the, the multiple gods that people believed in back there, <laughs> for that matter now, you know, the God of the rock, God of the chair, God of the sun, God of the moon, uh, God of the, I got a stomach ache. I, I just, the, the, we, 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 we ascribe deity to everything that we, that we would see. But a word that's plural in its essence, but it's used as singular. As, as I shared, uh, without, without taking too much liberty, uh, it might read something like, in the beginning, God's plural, he created the heavens and the earth. That's, 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 that's one of those trees I might bonk, break my nose on, you know, if, if, if I spend too much time on. But, but just let that rest in your spirit to know that, wow, polytheism was, was not only common, that was, it, that, that's just the way folks rolled. You believed in multiple gods. And now here this writer is presenting, uh, holding back reflection up to God. God, you all, you created the heavens and the earth. It, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, uh, Apollo, it wasn't Diana, it wasn't, it wasn't any, any number of these, these gods that people use to uh, uh, try and explain things. The second thing, it's important to know how things came to be because it defines our importance. Then, like now, people want to feel like they're important. You know, I joked with the Facebook thing, it's true, it's like we, 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 post and, 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 you know, that's just a reflection of our, of our craving, our desire for importance. As, as I shared, you know, again, not with the Steelers, James, but, uh, uh, but with football players, you know, you, 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 you not even just score a touchdown, you just make a tackle. You sack the quarterback and you're dancing like you just won the lottery. It's like, what's, what's up with that? It's a craving, see me, look at me. Well, the Bible says you're really important. Not for the reasons you think you're important, but you're really important. I created you. I, I, I created you before, before stars were hung in the sky. I had you in mind. Uh, so you're not, a, you're not just the byproduct of random chance. You know, this, there's intentionality here. So third point is a consequence. Our creation demands our attention and dictates, or at least should dictate, our, our allegiance. Because we were created with intentionality, I, you would think that at the very least that ought to uh, force me to acknowledge the one who created me. We, I mean, even when we have someone over for dinner, you know, we don't say it, it's like, well, it'd have been nice if they said thank you. 
You know, even, even when we pretend like, oh, they don't have to say thank you, and at the same time, we're expecting to hear the words. Yeah, 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 yeah. We do that all the time. See, how much more with God? He created us. He created us. He created us with intentionality. Right. That, that ought to demand, or at least should demand our allegiance. The one we bow the knee before is the one we create, that created us. See, the one that we bow the knee before, see, see, a lot of times we do random things, just, I don't know why we do them. I don't know, pray for Sister Meek. She, God bless her for patience, having to be married to me. You know, it's, it's just like, you know, half the time, I don't know why I do what I do. And she, she's got the unfortunate burden, it's like, oh, I married the man, you know, and so... <laughs> But, 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 but we ought to, boy, he created me, so I ought to bow before him. A lot of times we do stuff, and we don't even make those associations. We just do stuff. Why do you go to church? I'm supposed to go to church. I, I feel like you go to church on Sunday. Why? Do better than that. Do, 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 do better than that. Oh, well, you know, it's the thing to do, uh, do on Sunday. You know, it's just, you know, it's... I don't use another tree I can bonk my head on. Uh, and so, by writing forth, I think that's forth, by writing in the beginning, it implies there's an ending. In the beginning suggests there's an ending. I know, I, this boy, you're, you're so profound. Uh, uh, see, the art of time that begins with a beginning will end with a conclusion. Because if it were just, just creation for creation's sake, it would just say, God created the heavens and the earth. Why put the begin in the beginning if there's no ending in mind? Again, just as John, when, uh, in the, as you read the book of Revelation, he was before the angel, and John fell to his knees and started worshiping the angel, and the angel said, get off your knees. Worship God. See, see, see even, I, that's, that's what's so beautiful about the text, is that from the beginning, e eternity past doesn't even begin to describe it. God already is like, I know how this, I know how this story is going to end. Yeah. You, you've seen those bad movies. I mean, they're, they're, I don't say they're lifetime movies, but the <laughs> Hallmark Channel. Yeah. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> Hallmark Channel, Lifetime Channel, everyone, you can predict the end. Everyone, you know how it's going to end. I haven't been wrong yet on one of those. Oh boy, that one, that one missed me. It's like, oh, there's a the couple, they're going to be happy ever after. Yeah, you know. That's, God knows the end. So before I begin anything, yeah, there's going to be an end to this beginning but I'm going to do it. Why? Because ultimately, and it's probably my fifth point, is that it, it knits together the spiritual aspect of creation. I'm not just creating for creation's sake. I could just do that. I could just sit there and put a cosmos here and a star there and just do that. But I put you and me, sister, you and me, brother, here, because ultimately there's going to be a spiritual bond. And don't get too beside yourself, because if you, if you fail to really acknowledge me, the rocks will start singing my praises. So something's got to give. So I, I, I'm God. I, I, that's the way I roll. I demand that. 
So this, as I shared before, this one verse establishes the foundation to the, to the surprise, the foundation to the answer of a three-part question of life. Who am I? Where am I? And why am I? Who am I? Where am I? Why am I? If you haven't thought about that, you haven't been thinking much. Either that or you're probably, you know, you're less than 20. Uh, it's like, look, I'm just trying to get to college. You know, that's all, that's all I'm trying to do. That's all I'm trying to do. Get my tuition paid, is, you, know, is, you know, I'm registered. Oh, okay, I'm good. But as we age, as we mature, say, who am I? Where am I? Why am I? You, you, trust me, if you haven't gotten there, you'll get there. So today we just move to the, to the second verse. Uh, of the first chapter where we read now the earth was formless and empty darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters the message version I believe seems to accurately capture the original meaning in a way that's probably a little bit more digestible or understandable if you will you be careful with certain translations that's why it's better to deal with the original text but the message really does go for the essence of the text and really pulls the meaning of the words out. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness. God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. Again, I, 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 I need to warn you again about bumping into trees, but Let's just say this much with this, because there's a lot of, you'll read, and if, as you go off to college, you'll be confronted with a lot of, uh, oh, please, you know, if this is a, a chronicle of how the world was made, this is, this is, this is, this is just absolute nonsense. Uh, this is, this is, this is crazy. This is not, uh, as some would posit a, uh, well, you know, wait a minute now, I, I can read, there, there's a gap in time here. They call it gap theory. There's a, there, there seems to be a gap in time, a gap in creation. Possibly, you know, maybe there was a cosmic war between good and evil. And so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But now we've already marched over here. The earth was a soup of nothingness. And so, so when did stuff actually start uh, uh, happening? You know, it's like, did, we, did I miss something? Is there like a, a 1A uh, or 1B or a 2A uh, verse that's not here? I would suggest that what the author is doing is presenting a, a word picture with which God will, God is, he's putting forward the canvas that God will use to paint the picture of creation. See, the implication is that a divinely created and caused cosmic explosion of sorts results in nothing more than chaotic emptiness and abyss. So rather than just, well, okay, so how did we, we get there? We, we already know in verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now at some point, some point along God's creative process, the situation is what it is. There is this, 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 this vast emptiness of chaotic mess, a soup, uh, just, just nothing. Uh, it's similar to language that, prof, that the prophet uh, Jeremiah uses in the fourth chapter, uh, talking about the nation. So you find yourself in this mess, in this vast emptiness that's devoid of any purpose or point. See, but above this mess, 
God's spirit rested over this soup of nothingness like a bird hovering over a nest. Pause here for a second. I've shared with you before. Share again. Uh, was raised and uh, born in Bakersfield. God help me. Uh, but I was, uh, I spent seven years of my wonderful life in Alberta where my, fa- my, my father and mother had 11 acres and everything on the land produced. Everything from the ground to the animals that grazed the ground, everything. We had chickens, a whole bunch of chickens. Shared the story about me and feathered things don't get along. Me and feathered things don't get along. We all have our phobias, that happens to be mine. So if you really want to scare me, dress up as a chicken for Halloween. After I beat you down, I will run away. But it was interesting, my job was to, my job, literally, my job was to care for all of the animals, everything produced. I mean, don't get attached to the cow because that's going to be your hamburger next fall, Uh, literally, literally. Uh, So the chickens, you know, if you weren't lame, you were uh, fried, you know, you produce. Well, the layers, you know, when they lay eggs, they're very protective of the nest. I don't like feathered things. So it became my job to somehow get that beast off of... (laughs) I'm going to find your phobia. Get that beast off of that nest of eggs so we can have breakfast. And so what the... the, it, it It was just built into the DNA of the chicken. They just brooded over that nest. They hovered over that nest. And they would kind of like fluff out their feathers and they would just be protective over the little clutch of eggs, you know. And then, you know, my job was, you know, sometimes I didn't get to them quickly enough, and, but and they would accumulate, you know, one a day typically. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can't let them sit there because then they start to evolve into a chicken. You don't want that. You don't want to be open up an egg and then, uh, out pops a chicken. Uh, what am I saying? In just the same way the chickens were very protective of that clutch of eggs is the, is, the, is the word picture that's being presented here of God over this mess. God's Holy Spirit is hovering over this situation. It's dark. It's chaotic. It's messy. I don't want to read anything into it, but uh, I can see my life in a, in a similar way. That... Sometimes it's dark, it's chaotic, it's soupy, it's messy. And it's like, it, but if I'm his egg, he's, he's hovering right over me. He's, 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 not, he's neither condoning it, he's not affirming it, he's just like, but I'm right there. I, I, I am right there, I'm watching, I'm protecting, I'm, I'm, I'm observing. My spirit hasn't gone anywhere. Why are you stressing this? Because a lot of our lives seem like the creation of the earth type situation, where it's uh, a soup of nothingness, a, blo- a bottomless emptiness, and inky blackness. I've talked to some, no, nobody here, but I've talked to some, where they, they, they've essentially said, Pastor Meeks, I don't even know where to begin with life. I am such in an inky bottomless pit right now, I don't even know where to start. And it's like, I know exactly where you're at because I've been there. I know, ex- I know exactly that address because it's mine. I've been there. 
And then that's when, that's when I, can, I can share with the person. It's like, whatever you find yourself in, God's right there. He knows he created you. He knows where you're at. This is not a mystery. Oh, well, why did he create that mess? So I can read this and, and see the wisdom, the thought, the intentionality that's associated with his creation. So I know I'm not, see, if I just feel like I'm random, if I just, you know, you know, I just, it just, I just happen, nobody cares about me, nobody knows about me, nobody's worried about my situation, I'm just sitting here just trying to do the best I can. So it's like, then, I, I'm, I, then I'm, willing, I'm probably going to do any number of damnable things to try and better my situation. Who wouldn't do that? Yeah, who wouldn't do that if you don't have hope? But if we know who we are and whose we are, it's like, oh no, I know God's got this. It may not make the situation any less painful that I'm in. Cancer's cancer. Joblessness is still joblessness. I'm not going to sit there and, oh, you know, hey, you know, look, I understand. I haven't had uh, 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 chronic illness, but I, just about everything else on life stressor chart I've had. You've had that? Yes, I have. You've had that? Yes, I have. Just, just call the roll. God's right there. God is right there. So it's in this situation that we see God beginning to move. In verse 3, we read, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Let there be light, and there was light. Look at the intentionality. God wanted, he commanded, and it was. I want it, he commanded it, and it was. We'll see as we go through this, and we'll deal with it more fully uh, next week, uh, God said, God said ten times in just the first chapter. Um, and appropriately, light is the first thing that is presented. But I hear you. How can there be light and the sun and the moon and the stars aren't created until the fourth day? See, that's what the smart aleck will sit there and say, man, you go ahead and figure that out. See, bump your nose on that tree if you want to. Bump your nose. This, if, this ought to show you that, that, that light, see, we only know what we know. And so when God says, let there be light, we're looking for, okay, so where's the flashlight? You idiot. It's like, oh, gosh. You're such a dummy. Where's the sun? Where's the sun? Oh, so the sun's a source of light. How'd the sun get here? Well, where's the sun? It's like, come on. God said, let there be light. And there was light. See, one thing about light is I've shared about water, water being hot versus water being cold. One defines the other. So hot water has no meaning or relevance if you don't have cold water, and vice versa. I don't know, it's what, 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 what? It's just wet. Water is just water. But if you have hot water contrasted with cold water, then it's like, oh, there's a difference. If I have light contrasted with darkness, there's a difference. From the very foundation. God is presenting, the writer is presenting back to God what God did in laying out a foundation for his creative work. There's a mess here. Let me show you what non-mess begins to look like. There's a mess here. Let me show you what non-mess looks like. Need a light on the subject. We weren't there. We don't know. We can't even conceive of this. 
God could have created us to be earthworms that, that, are, that are resilient or, or, or that have no aversion to, to, to or no, no, no apprehension or awareness of what light is. No eyes. What do I care what light is? But we do have eyes. We were created in his image. So we have awareness. We can see, even if we don't understand, even a child that doesn't, can't conceptualize light and dark. They know light and dark. They know when the light's on, and they know when the light's off. They can see. So, so more than metaphorical, more than physical, it seems that light here has a spiritual aspect. See? It, 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 it's, it's light in contrast to darkness. The Bible is filled with references to light and dark. The Apostle John, we've studied it when we went through uh, his three letters. The first chapter of his first letter, he writes, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. God is light. He just doesn't pull out a flashlight. No, I am light. Just like I'm love, I'm light. And so God is like, I'm inserting my creativeness into this situation. It's more than, more than purely physical. Again, we weren't, we weren't earthworms uh, without the ability to see. God said, let there be light, and light appeared. And what was God's response? God saw that light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Just about done. So as you read the, uh, each step of creation, you'll see the same seven steps. There's an announcement. God said. There's a command. Let there be. There was fulfillment. It was so. Uh, there was execution. In this case, light came forth. Five, there was approval. He saw it was good. Subsequent word that God spoke, God called. And on the, in the seventh step, you'll see the day was numbered. Why, Pastor Meeks, Genesis aside, why are you spending time dealing with this? Why is this important? It's important to lay the foundation for us to understand the person, the power, and the plan of God. We don't respond to God the way we could or should respond to God because we don't know him that way. We don't know him that way. We just, we, again, the stuff that's been, been, that's been perpetrated, I mean, folks really need to be in spiritual prison for some of the garbage that's been, that's been pimped our way. You know, God wants you to have a chicken in a pot, full, full gas tank, uh, kids that obey, them, obey the parents, uh, and that means you're, you're doing God's will. No, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. See? The evil one will let you alone if you're doing his stuff. So if anything, you ought to, man, things are going really well. Hmm. What's going on? I'm not doing, something's not, something's not right. See, that's how we think. When things are going well, boy, I got God's favor. 
you know, things are things. Are, see, the evil one will be seen. Things are going well here. Let me kick some sand in your face. Let me cause your car to uh, get rear-ended. Let me, let, me, let me cause you to get a bad report from the doctor. Let me cause you to get laid off from your job. Let me cause any number of things to happen in your life. Then where's your God? Then what you going to do? But if you always believe, if you're constantly believing that my God is Santa Claus or the, the person on the other end of the line at the hotel where I order my burgers and fries uh, from Holy Onions, please, fries, extra crisp, then um, you're going to be disappointed. Without reading anything into the text, I find it interesting that light is called good. Not darkness, not even light and darkness, just light. So light is called day and darkness is called night. I know, I hear some folks, so is this a 24-hour day? Are you going to be preaching? It's like, gosh, it's like, can we just like leave that stuff alone? Stop drinking the Kool-Aid, stay away from the fire hydrant, just, 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 just silliness. Could it be, could it be a 24-hour day? It could. But even the word itself that's used for day, it, 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 it's typically used for day in a 24-hour period, but it could mean a period of time. As the, as the psalmist said, a thousand years is like a day, a day is like a thousand years. It's just like, it's irrelevant. But we'll die on that hill trying to prove that the world was created in 4004 B.C. You think I'm kidding? Think, think again. Uh, the psalmist said, you've got all the time in the world, whether a thousand years or a day, it's all the same to you. We'll share more next time, but the more important takeaway is, is not the creation, but the creator. What kind of creator do we have? We have an awesome God. The 19th Psalm begins, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. See, it boggles my mind. And I am done. Let me close this so you know that I'm really done. It boggles my mind that people will argue um, that uh, were, you know, the world was created you know, as, a, as a byproduct of randomness and you know, just something happened and it just, it just began. And you know, through, through billions of years of chance, we ended up the way we ended up. I'm a simple guy, civil engineer by vocation from Bakersfield, so you know I'm a simple guy. I am a really simple guy. But how can you get order, intentionality, and purpose out of chaos? Somebody answer that. Just, just, just any scientist, any, anybody worth anything, where you can take chaos and achieve order from that. Physics says it's just the opposite. The Bible says it's just the opposite. We're going from a point of high order, high intentionality, to randomness. For those of you bothered to care, it's called entropy. We're going from God's creation to a mess. Well, how did it get that way? Sin. That's why it's in the first three chapters. So you may think, 
and folks will sadly argue that the whole point and purpose of Genesis 1 through 3 is to be a, a science textbook on how the world came to be. And God is like saying, no. This is a case for why I created you and why you need me. That's what this is all about. I'm going to use creation as a backdrop, but this is all about relationship. I created you. I wanted you. I could have created again. I could have created a worm. I didn't. I created you. Let's pray.